Do you believe that God is powerful? That's my question for this morning. Do you believe that God is powerful? I, I don't mean, do you think that the Bible says that God is powerful? I don't even mean, do you think you think that God is powerful? I mean, do you believe down deep in your it is well with my soul that God is powerful? And the reason that I ask that question is I think that sometimes we think we think something and we don't really know, right? We, we think we know something, but it isn't until we experience it that we really know that we know it. Let, let's, let's say, for instance, that you had a friend, and this friend's name is Mike. And so you got to know Mike a little bit. You were hanging out. You're talking with Mike. And you talk with Mike, and you find out, oh, Mike likes swimming. And you say, oh, yeah, I've done a couple of like, little triathlons and th- stuff, but I really don't like swimming that well. And Mike is like, oh, that's too bad. I love swimming. So you talk with Mike some more, and Mike's like, hey, you know, I could give you some pointers. I could, could help make it not so hard for you. No, that's okay. You know, I read some articles uh, on the internet about swimming and watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I just don't think swimming is for me, and, and so I appreciate your wanting to help, but uh, no. But then one day, you're at the pool, and you see Mike swimming, and you go, whoa, like, Mike can swim. That's, and then you realize this thing that you should have known all along that Mike's real name is Michael. (laughs) Like Michael Phelps, like 23 gold medals, three silver medals, two bronze medals. This guy knows how to swim. He was basically offering you a private master class in swimming and you went, oh yeah, I know Mike and I know he's a swimmer. I think that's how we relate to God. Oh yeah, I know God and I know he's powerful. God is powerful like I know that my friend is a swimmer. I know my friend is a doctor. Are they a really good doctor? I don't know. I've never seen them doctor anything. But I think that's how we relate to God and that's certainly how his disciples were relating to him. If you were here last week, we were talking in the, uh, we're working our way through the book of Matthew, and Jesus has just said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. We're going to go over to the other side. And he's telling his, his uh, friends and disciples, let's, we're going to get in the boat, we're going to go to the other side. And a couple of the guys that were around said, oh, hey, I'll come with you. And Jesus goes, do you know what that means? Do you know that when we go to the other side, we're not going to have a home? Like, I know you've been seeing me do all these healings and, and teaching and that sort of stuff, but following me is not an easy thing. It, it, it's a hard thing. So we're, we're going to go, I'm not going to have any place to lay my head. I'm not going to have a place that I call home. If you want to go with me, you're going to have to give some of that stuff up. It's going to be hard. And so they get into the boat, and the disciples are like, yeah, we're going with you, Jesus, we know. Jesus said, it's going to be hard. Yeah, 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 we know, but we've seen, you know, we we saw you teach, you could do some awesome teaching, we're going to go watch you teach all over Israel. And you've just been healing these people, man, this is so cool, this is so exciting, all the disciples, did you see what he did over there? Yeah, I saw that, did you see how that leper got cleansed? Yeah, no more leprosy, that was pretty cool. Did you see that guy that couldn't walk and now he can walk? Yeah, wasn't that amazing? 
Yeah, but I thought the blind guy, that was the coolest one. You know, and they're just talking to each other, and that's so cool, and we're going to hang out with Jesus. And so they get in the boat, and they go across the lake, and here's what happens. And when they got into the boat, this is Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. And when they got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And when they woke, and then they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of a man is this? that even the winds and the sea obey him. They got into that boat knowing that Jesus was an impressive guy, knowing that Jesus was unlike anybody they had ever experienced before. He could do stuff no one had seen. He was saying stuff no one had heard. Like the authority of this guy, the way that he taught, the way that he had um, control over things, it was just magnificent. And they were super impressed with him. And so they get into the boat, his disciples, his followers, students, get into the boat, and they're going to go with him wherever it is that he goes. And the first thing that happens is a storm on the sea. Now, several of these guys are fishermen. They know how to do the sea. They know how to handle the boat. They know how to handle themselves in the water. But this is a big storm. A great storm arose on the sea. The kind of storm where the waves are coming up and crashing over the side of the boat. So that these grown men that have lived their whole lives on the sea are terrified because of these waves. They're freaking out, panicking. You're going, well, have you tried? They've tried. Yeah, they know. They know what to do. They know how to do it, and they know that now it is hopeless. It is beyond them. And so what do they do? The boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. Jesus was asleep. Waves, huge waves, boats being tossed all over the place, waves crashing over the side, and Jesus is taking a nap. Now, he's had a long day. He's done a lot of teaching. He's done a lot of healing. He's had a lot of stuff to do, and so he's tired, and he's taking a nap in the boat. They're going to cross over to the other side, and this is a good time for him to catch some rest before they get over to the other side. And everybody else is panicking, and Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. And they went and they woke him, saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. 
And as I think about them approaching Jesus in this way, and they're waking him up, and he's taking his nap, and he wakes up, and sometimes, I'm not going to attribute this to Jesus, but for me personally, when I'm awoken from my nap, I'm a little grumpy. I don't like to be woken up. It's my nap time. Jesus is taking a nap. They come, they wake him up, and I just think, as they're waking him up, do, do they think that he is ignorant of what's going on or just at peace with what's going on? He's taking a nap in the middle of the storm. And the question that comes to mind for me is, does Jesus know what's going on? Is he ignorant? He's been sleeping and they're waking up. Hey, Jesus, just so you know, while you've been asleep, a storm came up and we are now dying. I'm afraid you've slept through the most exciting part of this trip. They went and they woke him up and I I just pictured Jesus there. And my first thought is, yeah, it's a good thing they told him because he probably didn't know what was going on. And my second thought is, time out, (laughs) who do I think Jesus is? Maybe he knew what was going on. Maybe he did know what was going on and he just didn't have a problem with it. He was just sleeping because it's time for sleep. And he's not concerned about the storm. In fact, when they wake him up, They cry out with this kind of language that they are terrified, and they use the words, we are perishing. We are dying here. That's what's happening. Jesus, you've got to wake up because we are dying here. And it reminds me of so many of the Psalms. Like In the summer times, we we go through the Psalms, and how many times have we heard David say this kind of thing? Oh God, how long will you be silent? Oh God, how long will you not pay attention to what's happening here? Oh God, I think you need to know that everyone is against me. Oh God, you need to know that I am dying here. And here the disciples are doing the same thing. Jesus, wake up! We're dying. And Jesus wakes up and he says to them, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Now, I'm I'm trying to picture this in my mind. The boat is rocking. The, The waves are coming up over the side. Towering over the boat, splashing down, these grown fishermen are terrified for their lives. And Jesus' first response is, why are you afraid? They've just told him why they're afraid. Because they are dying. They are afraid because they are dying. And and they wake him up and say, we're dying. And he says, can you picture this? They're like holding on for dear life. Jesus, Jesus. Splash! Splash! And Jesus, why, why are you afraid? Because they shout over the storm, we are dying! Please do something, save us, Lord, we are dying here. And, and he goes, 
You have so little faith. You have so little faith. Don't you know who I am? Do you know who Jesus is? He said some amazing things. He did some amazing things. But do you, do you know who Jesus is? These are people who were walking with him. As he was explaining to them on the Sermon of the Mount, he sat down on this mountain and he was teaching them, talking with them, explaining to them what it means to follow God. And then they see the way that the kingdom of heaven is making this inbreaking into this world as he's like healing people and has all of this authority of casting out demons and all of these things and they're watching this stuff. And I think that in their minds they're like, that is so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, but, but kind of like we think that magic tricks and parlor tricks are cool. We watch somebody juggle, oh, that's pretty cool. We watch somebody do a magic trick, oh, that's pretty cool. And I think that they're walking around going, this is really, we're get, we get to hang out with Jesus and look at all the stuff that he's doing. You know, the people that Jesus was touching and healing, their lives were being transformed. They couldn't believe it. But the disciples, they're walking along going, this is pretty neat. And for them, it didn't translate Right? They, they see people who have leprosy and are dying of this leprosy, and they, for, for them, it's like, okay, but yes, now we're in this boat, though, and we're for real dying. I know that they had problems, and Jesus was able to do some stuff there, but now we're for real dying. This is real danger. This is real life and death. And I think that for some of us, we do the church thing, and we hang out with, with Christians some, and we like, we're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And I like reading about Jesus, and I, I think it's a really neat, and I think he did some really neat things, and he, he instructs us well how to live good lives and how to be nice to other people, how to love other people, and that we should love God, and these are appropriate moral things that we ought to do. And so we kind of, we appreciate the things that Jesus brings to the table. But then when we get into a place of trouble, and I don't mean like the daily anxiety stresses of normal day stuff that you just feel like you can't handle your life. I'm talking about like the acute kinds of trouble where you feel like, oh, we're dying now. I don't know how we're going to survive this. I don't know how we're going to make it through. When you get into that place, it's like, ah! And that's where the disciples were. Because that's what sin does. Sin separates us from God. And sin isn't always just doing something wrong. Sometimes sin is just not believing that God is who God is. Not believing that God has authority over my life. And so I start to live my life my way which I think is pretty good. I like living my life my, my way. 
I don't necessarily want to submit to God's authority and live life His way. But when I put my life under my authority, now I'm stuck. I'm stuck with my wisdom, my strength, and my resources. And in the daily stresses and anxieties of life, I do okay with that. I can handle living under my authority with my wisdom and strength and resources. But then when something big comes along, I find that I no longer have the wisdom and strength and resources to handle that. And I panic. And that's what's happening for these disciples here. These disciples that are strong men. These disciples with great confidence. These disciples with great wisdom and experience on how they are going to uh, handle the sea. This is a place where they are very, very comfortable. And now they know, this is beyond me. This is beyond me. I can't handle it. I can't. I don't have the wisdom, I don't have the resources, I don't have the ability to handle this situation. I am going to die. Have you been in that kind of a place? You've had something happen. Maybe there's a diagnosis of a terminal illness. Maybe there's just an acute illness that's happened where you feel like, I am going to die. I don't know that I can survive this. Maybe you've lived through a, a fire in your house or some sort of natural disaster in your neighborhood. But for a time, you felt like you were going to die. Maybe you were in a a car accident or some sort of other uh, kind of accident where you felt like, "I, I don't know that I can make it through this. I feel like I'm going to die. Maybe something has happened to a family member. One of these things that we've just been talking about, maybe it didn't happen to you. Maybe it happened to one of your kids. Maybe it happened to a parent or a really close friend. And you just felt like you were in this place where I don't know that I am going to make it. I I am dying. I'm not going to make it through. And here are the disciples in that kind of a crisis situation. And it does all the things they thought they knew. All the things they thought they understood. Yeah, I believe that I follow Jesus and I believe that I'm committed to him and I believe that he's a powerful guy and he can do all kinds of amazing things. But then when it comes right down to it and we're in this crisis situation and the waves are coming up over the boat, they are going, what? We are dying! We're dying. Jesus, wake up and save us because we are dying! This isn't a prayer of faith. This is a desperation cry of fear. 
Jesus is going, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? While the waves are still crashing over the boat, he may have had to shout this over the wind. Why are you so afraid? Why do you have so little faith? Don't you know who I am? And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. Now the picture of this in just a couple of verses, right? Just a couple of verses ago, in verse 24, it said, uh, or verse 23, they got into the boat and the disciples followed him, and then verse 24, and behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. And now, just a couple of verses later, in verse 26, it says, Then he arose, and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. It was the opposite. It was the opposite. Jesus was asleep. They were panicking. There was a great storm. And now Jesus is awake, and there is a great calm. That is an amazing amount of power. There are times when I don't like the weather. I have never once thought, you know what I should do? I should stand on my front porch and yell at it. (laughs) It didn't even cross my mind. When we had an ice storm and I'm laying in bed and branches are cracking and falling in the middle of the night and I'm going, I really hope that that Douglas fir on the side of our house does not come down. I know a couple of trees at the park have come down. I don't think there's one close enough to our house, but we're like laying there worrying about that. Is there any way a tree could come down on our house? Are the kids going to be okay tonight? I never thought, you know, I should just go out there and tell it to knock it off. (laughs) Hey, wind, go away. Hey, ice, melt. (laughs) The disciples are panicking because this wasn't something that they had considered either. But Jesus rises and rebukes the winds and the sea, and there is a great calm. And the men marveled. Isn't this interesting? Who got into the boat and followed him? Jesus got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, and the men marveled. In their flesh, humanity, not 
really following because they don't really understand, right? These are disciples. Yes, I've committed to following Jesus. I get into the boat with him. We're going to the other side, but I'm going to panic in the process. And he's going, okay, don't you know who I am? And verse 27, the men marveled, saying, what sort of a man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? They were panicked, terrified, fearful because of the waves around them. And then Jesus stands up and says, knock it off, everybody. As though it's a dad talking to his kids. Knock it off. Enough with the chaos. He just gets up, knock it off, everybody. And the winds stop and the waves stop. And it is very calm. A great, magnificent calm. And the disciples are going, who is this? In response, in response to Jesus' question, why are you so afraid, O oh, you of little faith? Don't you know who I am? They're going, uh-uh. We don't know who you are. We thought you were an impressive healer. We thought that you were an impressive teacher. We were hoping that you would become a great political ruler, but this is something completely different. What kind of a man stands up and tells the wind to knock it off? What kind of a man stands up and tells the waves to quiet down? Who does that? No one does that. I think that you and I often end up in the same place where we just don't really know who Jesus is. We don't really, really understand it on a deep personal level. In a transform my life because I understand how awesome Jesus is. They marveled. They were in awe of Jesus. This is something we have never seen before. And we can look at this and we can go, yeah, the, shouldn't they have known? Jesus has been teaching them. Jesus has been telling them. They have seen all of the stuff that Jesus did, and there's Jesus in the boat with them. And we could be tempted to judge them for that. And yet when we find ourselves in a place of panic, we're just in the same boat as they are. We're very worried, very afraid. And Jesus is going, why are you so afraid? Don't you know who I am? Who, who is this? Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? This is what John says about him in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. You want to know who he was? You want to know who Jesus is? 
Well, in the beginning, he was with God. At the very, very beginning, before creation, he was with God and was God. And in fact, everything was made through him. There wasn't anything that has been made that wasn't made through Jesus. He made it all. Again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You want to know who Jesus is? He is God in the flesh. He is the visible God. He is the one who created everything. Everything that you can see and everything that you can't see. He is the one that rules over all powers and dominions and authorities. He's the one that holds everything together. He created everything, and it was all made for him. He made it for his own delight. And so when the wind and the waves start acting up, he goes, what are you guys doing? I made you. This is not what I want you to do right now. So they stop. It's the kind of authority that Jesus has over all of creation. It's the kind of authority that we rebel against because we don't want him to have that kind of authority over us. We don't want him to tell us what to do. And when he created us, he gave us free will so that we could decide we don't want that kind of authority over us. If you tell me I have to knock it off, I'm not going to listen. But when we reject his authority in that way, we reject his wisdom and strength and resources. And when the storms come up, who is there to save us? Again, in Hebrews chapter 1, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, the one whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is who Jesus is. And when we reject him and when we reject his authority, he says, what are you doing? Come back to me. Repent of your rebellion and come back to me. And when he saw his wayward people, he came in flesh to walk among them and call them back. 
He didn't command them in the same way that he commanded the winds and the waves to knock off their chaos. He came in to invite them to abandon their chaos and to come into his order, under his protection, under his authority, to follow his wisdom and to benefit from his strength. And I think that today he is inviting us once again to consider just who he is. And some of you need this today. Some of you have been panicking even this morning. There's something going on in your life that's happening right now that has you all in knots and turmoil inside. And for you, I want to remind you about who Jesus is. He is the one who created all things. He is the one who created you. He is the one who upholds all things by the power of His Word. He will carry you through. And there are some of you here this morning that are not in that place of panic and turmoil. And you may even be thinking to yourself, yes, I know this. But I want to remind you again. Because it will come. It will come. No one gets through life unscathed. The time of challenge and panic will come. And when it comes, I want you to remember. I want you to remember how powerful Jesus is. And I want you to remember that he is in the boat. He's in the boat right with you right now. He has not left you. He will not leave you. He is not ignorant and unaware of what is going on. And if you call to him, if you cry out to him, he will save you. And I am so thankful when he tells them, why are you so afraid, you who have such little faith, that he doesn't then follow that up with, I would have saved you, but you didn't have enough faith. Instead, he demonstrates his power. So however we might cry out to him, whenever we might cry out to him, he will demonstrate his faithfulness to us. Do you know who he is? He is God in the flesh come to save you. Let's praise him for that. Lord God, we can talk here in this place about the great things that we read that Jesus did back then. But it is easy for us to dismiss it and relegate it to a thing of the past. 
a thing that you did back then in Bible times, a, a thing that you did for those people at that time, and yet wonder if you can or if you will do it still. So Lord, I ask for those here today, those who uh, are looking at your word with me here, I ask that you would remind them deep down in their soul that you are God and that nothing escapes you. Lord, I pray that when they run into those times of turmoil and their temptation is to panic, that instead they would cry to you. And Lord, I pray that you would demonstrate, as you demonstrated for these disciples, that you would demonstrate for those who are here that you are faithful. Lord, it is not my desire that they would need to suffer. But I pray that any who do would see your faithfulness and that you would carry them through. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.